We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to week 17 of the NFC East Feast, where it's a new year, but the same feast, where, of course, our New Year's resolution is going to be to try to make NFL history and get all four teams into the playoffs, and we are oh so close, guys. John, how are you doing? Are you ready for 2023? Yeah, man. I mean, I'll be even more excited about 2020, 2023, like you said, if uh, all of our teams make it. Um, right. I, I think two of us are locked up, right? Uh, Correct. But, but um, there's there's going to be some there's going to be some fight here at the end of the year. It's going to be interesting how things uh, kind of play out. And yeah, I'm excited for the new year. Likewise, my brother. And uh, Jay Lutz will join us here in uh, in just a minute. Um, but as of right now, uh, the Commanders and Giants are still hanging on to those final two playoff spots despite losses last week. And uh, we're going to go over those losses right now. And these were all Christmas Eve games on Saturday. And uh, the Vikings suffered a close loss. Uh, they went to Minnesota. And I thought that Minnesota was, uh, was going to handle them. I think I had Minnesota winning by double digits. But with two minutes left, uh, Saquon Barkley gets a nice uh, 27-yard touchdown run to tie the game at 24. Kirk Cousins, with the help of Justin Jefferson, who just set the Minnesota Vikings all-time receiving record. Uh, whenever you can, whenever you can pass up Randy Moss on any list, you're having a hell of a season. Uh, gets Kirk Cousins gets them into field goal range, and Greg Joseph hits a 61-yard walk-off winner. Heartbreaking loss for the Giants, but I think they can take some positives out of this game. Uh, and of course, it has to be Saquon Barkley first and foremost. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I said that perhaps that surgically repaired knee was uh, starting to weather a little bit uh, as the season went on, the, uh, getting a little bit colder. But these past two weeks, I've seen Saquon with two of his better games of the season. So he still looks pretty good. Daniel Jones was okay in this game, had a turnover, but threw for over 300 yards and a touchdown. And I just think that this was just the Giants just playing one of the top teams in the NFC. Uh, this is a, a game we could see a, a rematch of uh, in the wild card round. That's uh, still be to, to, to be determined. Uh, but for me, I, I think uh, even in a loss, I, I think the Giants are, are better than I gave them credit. And uh, I know we'll talk about uh, them uh, playing the Colts here, but they're, they're one win away from uh, securing a playoff spot. Uh, how about you, John? What do you feel about the, the G-men after this one? 
Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, I was pretty impressed. Um, <clears throat> after the battles that we had the last couple of weeks with them, I was unsure about how, you know, how we stacked up versus them. And I, and I do still believe that my commanders are probably better on paper or talent wise, but mm -hmm. we've harped on it all year long. And Dable just really has his guys in good positions and, and he's coaching them up really well. I mean, he, you mentioned Saquon, Saquon did exactly what he always does here. He didn't break a hundred yards, but he was averaging six uh, per carry. Um, and Daniel Jones, to your point, um, you know, had, had the one turnover, but still moved the ball around. Well, they're scheming up offense. Well, the giants are, are going to play you gritty no matter what. Both of these teams have played some pretty close games all year long, and it just seems that the Vikings lucked out with this Greg Joseph because he's hit multiple of these, I think, this season, right? Yep. Um, so not really bad Giants here, right? Just maybe good Vikings and, and, and getting a little bit of luck going their way. So, again, if you're a Giants fan, you got to pat yourself on the back. If you're an East fan and you're not a fan of the Giants, like we got something to worry about. Right. I mean, yes. next year they're going to strengthen themselves in free agency. Dayball is going to get a chance to maybe bring in, you know, the quarterback that he wants for the franchise or at least a, or at least a fresh start. Um, yeah, we, we got we got a team to worry about here. For sure. And the, the Giants defense held their own against a pretty prolific offense in Minnesota. A friend of the NFC East, Jalen Smith. Uh, led the team in tackles. Uh, he had a sack. Uh, Leonard Williams had a sack. Landon Collins, another guy who's bounced around the NFC East, had a sack. Yeah. And a uh, shout-out to Dexter Lawrence, who is now the highest-graded defensive lineman in all of football. Sexy Dexy, always Love putting it. on a show. So, uh, so the G-Men yeah, so G look strong in a loss. Jay Ludz uh, is joining us in the studio. Now, you got any thoughts on uh, the Vikings' uh, last-second victory? Um, No. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, the Viking. It's like <laughs> as much as we can. Obviously, you know we're the NFC East feast. We're going to brag on the Giants here, but I think that you—that's a very good summation of the of the Vikings' performance. It's just like, oh, yeah, I guess they're going to yeah. go to the playoffs, and we'll we'll see. Yeah, I, th I, I mean, think uh... you can sum it up by saying uh, they have number eighteen, and that's Justin yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. The guy's got 1,700 yards receiving. He had double-digit catches and 130 yards in this game. Yeah. He's just impossible to cover. And if it wasn't for him, I'd say the Giants probably win this game. Can you imagine if, like, a like a, a Joe Burrow or, a, or an oh, experienced yeah. Tom Brady or Jalen Hurts or somebody throwing to him and not, and not Kirk? You know, like, if he was with I somebody mean, that – God, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know how – Yeah, yeah. Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football is is standing on the Kirk Cousins soapbox. Um, <laughs> I know we obviously all have our feelings about him, especially me and George being, you know, Commanders fans or Washington football Redskins. Kirk played for us for quite some time. And I do, although I do think Kirk's gotten better, I don't, I don't see Kyle Brandt's point of standing on a soapbox for him as some sort of MVP or, yeah. you know, top five quarterback talent yeah. in the league. Like, I don't, I don't Cousins, know how I don't know 4, how much better Justin Jefferson's numbers would be, you know, with a different quarterback. Yeah, Justin but I just, is amazing. He's just that good. I mean, they, he gets that many targets, but I just think he'd be so lethal with this. You put him with like an Aaron Rodgers. Give Aaron Rodgers somebody like that, you know? You saw what happened with Devontae Adams. The guy just led the league three years in a row in touchdowns. Where's You were saying where Kirk was at already, Brian? 4,100 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 picks. I, I, I mean, think that's a great stat line, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Pretty good stats. I don't. I don't know if Justin Jefferson would really put up better numbers. I, I think yeah. I could make an argument that a better quarterback might not lock in on him so early and actually spread the ball around. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's it's That's we'll true. never know. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Jay Jettas, you're stuck with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback probably for the foreseeable future because they paid him a lot of money. Uh, but let's uh, move on in the NFC East and talk about a game that uh, all of you guys were uh, correct about. And I, I was uh, I was wrong. I, I, I had a bold proclamation that the Washington Commanders were going to go up to the Bay Area and beat the 49ers. And and as I'm watching my Cowboys game, I'm keeping up with it. And I'm like, oh, it's seven, seven to seven and a half time. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I'm like, this is a tough game. And then um, in the second quarter. Uh, excuse me, the third quarter, uh, George Kittle happened. George Kittle uh, gets two big touchdown passes from Brock Purdy. George Kittle's been lighting the league on fire here the past couple weeks. If you've got, got that guy on your fantasy team, you're probably playing in the Super Bowl where he's already won you some money. Um, but but then at the end of the third quarter, our guy Scary Terry gets in the end zone, and I'm like, oh, 21-14? Like, this is anybody's game. Uh, Chase Young came off of the injured uh, list for Washington played his first football in over a year. He was the highest graded Washington football team defender. He played great. So I'm, I'm really feeling, feeling myself in the fourth quarter, the better team usually pulls away. That's what happened. McCaffrey got in the end. So Robbie gold kicked a, a trio of field goals and the, and the final score of this game made it look not as close as I think as it really was 37 to 20 49ers. And of course, uh, John, uh, we'll get into this maybe as we preview the commanders next game. But uh, Taylor Heineke is pulled in this game. Carson Wentz comes in. They both put up similar stat lines, but uh, not not the most disappointing loss because I think he lost to probably the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. But at this point in the season, it does hurt your playoff chances. Uh, how do you feel about your commanders? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I mean, so like you, I was, you know, the Cowboys-Eagles game was the uh, the game of the week there, so... Uh, was able to watch more of that than my own team. Uh, I kind of followed it um, on GameCast and stuff like that and uh, recapped everything, obviously. And through the recap, it kind of just confirmed some of my suspicions. But, you know, you mentioned Robbie Gold and their offense kind of taking shape at the end of the third, early fourth quarter and then just kind of putting it away, putting the game on ice. But really, that that was not on our defense. That's because we were offensively turning the ball over in the in the back half, like in in our own twenty yard line, right within our own twenty yard line, Heineke uh, threw one that looked to be a pick six. Luckily, they downed it. They end up holding them to a field goal. I mean, the defense. It's like there's there's a lot of things I could say about the game, but ultimately, I think what it really boils down to is, like you said, we're playing uh, a top tier NFC team, pro- probably the Super Bowl favorites. I figured it would be a loss, but I think that the offense really let us down. And I think it shows that the commanders for a little while now, I think have believed that maybe they were a quarterback away uh, from being contenders. And I think when you play a team like this, and this is what happens, it shows you that we've got some other voids that we need to fill. Uh, Defensively, I think we did a decent job. Um, You know, to your point, it was a close game going into the half seven, seven, um, and then the offense just put him in bad spots. The offensive line is is uh, not it's good. Under, it's underperforming. I thought I thought they were better than the way they're playing. Well, I, I think to, to 
there are two key players on both sides of the football that miss these games. And I think George Kittle's field day came from a little bit of Cam, not having Cam Curl. And our defense plays better when Cam Curl is on the field. He's definitely kind of the captain of that defense. Um, I know Jamin Davis wears the green dot now, and he's kind of stepped up this year, which I'm proud of. Um, but Cam Curl is definitely the leader and uh, kind of the organizer, I believe, of the defense. So when he's gone, yeah, we I kind of assumed Kittle would feast without Cam Curl being there. And then our centers. We've had multiple centers this year. And when Chase Friere was in before his injury, we looked all right. Uh, when he went out, we were playing ram shot, just like kind of like random guys trying to plug in those holes. Uh, Nick Martin, I think, played one off the street. But then we get Tyler Larson back, who's our actual backup center, and things looked good. And then Tyler Larson gets hurt, and now it looks not so good again. So um, very important position, obviously, on the offensive line, but I think very important uh, for this specific offensive line. So I'm not discouraged. I'm not encouraged. Um, I think I just kind of am. Um, we've got to win out, you know, if we want to make the playoffs. And even if we make the playoffs – I don't know. I don't know how it goes. I mean, I guess it depends on matchup, but we'll we'll have to see how that plays out. For sure. Uh, Jay Ludz, I know you're very high on the 49ers. What are your thoughts on this game? Man, I think uh, I'll, I'll get into Washington a little bit, but I think Sam Purdy, man, that guy looks good. Like, he, Brock. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brock. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks awesome, man. He's been going in there. Mm-hmm. He looks better than Garoppolo. I'm gonna say it. The guy's been slinging the ball. I think the respect face. Maybe not. He he had a he a Brock Purdy. Your guy had a a QBR a QBR scale of zero to one hundred. A QBR of fifty nine in this game. So I mean, I would answer. But Washington's a tough defense because they've got a yeah, and they are, but they're not asking to do much. I mean, they've got yeah, they've got a prolific running game. Right. Obviously, you've got Christian McCaffrey added there. Debo Samuel doesn't even play this game. And then mm-hmm. you've also add on top of that Ray Ray McLeod on an end around gets the 71 yeah. yard touchdown. I mean, I think so much of this game, don't get me wrong, Luds, I, I, I'm with you. I think that the 49ers are a good team, but I think so much of this game was bad Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with it being your team too, we don't notice a lot of the little things like that. Cause you, you know, you're really intrigued in the game. You're watching your team, you know, what kind of yeah. defense they're running, you know, where guys are supposed to be. So you pick up on a lot more of that stuff than, than I would, or maybe Brian would, you know, but, um, so I did, you know, when I, every time I tune in, I'm always really tuning into what you have to say about the game. Cause <laughs> it's interesting. But, uh, what do you, what's your feelings on Wentz being back uh, this coming week, actually? Oh, I, I think we should probably hold off to get into that before the yeah, preview. Yeah. But I, yeah, good call. Um, good call. But I, I think it kind of is what it is, man. I mean, at this yeah. point, I'll get into it more in depth. But I feel like right. they're similar guys. Like right. neither one of them makes me want I got, other one uh, or another. I got some numbers I'll give you guys before we uh, before we preview Washington and Cleveland to uh, to end the show. Um, well, to, to finish for me, I apologize to fi- to finish my comments on that game. Um, Washington's been resilient all year, and I think their defense is strong. And they they played tough. It's a tough loss. San Fran's a top dog, man. It's one of the tough teams in the league, so they played hard. It's not like they showed up and completely flopped, in my opinion. I mean, they they played hard to the to the end, and um, you know that's all you can ask for, especially. And they were on the road, right? Remind me, they were on the road. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, that's tough, man. That's a tough place to play too. So, anyways, go ahead, B. 
I was say a, a minus for me at Washington. Could not get the running game going. You tried to uh, feed Brian Robinson. Yeah. You guys only at, ran for 2.4 yards to carry. But despite the um, carousel quarterback, uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan the Don Dotson all get in the end zone. Jahan Dotson's only played 10, ga- 10 games this year. He has seven receiving touchdowns. That puts him for second all-time, tied with Terry McLaurin for most receiving touchdowns by a rookie. That kid has a nose for the end zone. Two two different quarterbacks, too. Yes. Our our wide receivers are absolutely a bright spot this year, especially the two of them. Curtis Samuel has been a nice addition, and I think he's showing us what we hoped he would last year. Uh, But Uh he obviously was injured. But, yeah, man, Jahan, the Mm -hmm. Don. He's the beast. uh, Yeah, man, I like it a lot. They've been calling on, on Washington's uh, social media. They call him uh, Jahim, like you know, because everyone says like I'm him. That's the new cool thing. I think Jahan the Don, much way better, better nickname. <laughs> way Bloods, better. You should have jumped in there. That, you you should have jumped in there and said it. Bloods, no, you you need a patent that, my friend, and sell it on t-shirts. <laughs> you 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 will make some money. I think Washington right, fans would tear about, it up. They'd be buying those. They'd be for sure, for sure, for sure. Let's talk about what I think was the game of the week, not only in, in the division, but the NFL, a classic NFC East battle that comes down to the wire. And I will not shout it, but I will say it. How about them Cowboys? Because, of course, we did beat their backup quarterback, much like they beat our backup quarterback. So the this, the the season series couldn't be more fitting to be one-to-one. Uh, and although we beat their backup, I mean, guys, Gardner Minshew, that kid is a baller. Like he showed up to play, and like I saw, he uh, he's a free agent at the end of this year. After that performance, don't tell me he's not one of the best thirty-two quarterbacks in the league. He might have won himself a starting NFL job. Yeah, he's good. Threw the ball for three hundred and fifty-five yards. Like like played very well. Yeah. He was under constant duress. Although the Cowboys didn't actually record a sack in this game. Shout out to the Eagles offensive line. Micah Parsons who now leads the NFL with 79 quarterback pressures. Uh was always diving at his feet, constantly pushing the left tackles right back into him. Uh so he had to make some tough throws, had to get rid of the football early a few times. Uh so so just kudos to him, man. And it, the, the reason they lost this game was not Gardner Minshew, it was the vaunted Philadelphia Eagles defense, uh, although they showed up early, they didn't show up often. I mean, guys, I was ready to come on here and just curse out Dak Prescott. He, <laughs> he absolutely ruined my engagement two weeks or a week earlier by th- by throwing a pick six in overtime in Jacksonville, and he starts off this game by throwing a pick six to Josh Sweat, a terrible throw. I threw my hands in the air. I was done with him. But then he goes 14 for his next 14 after that. He was the um, uh, NFC, they call it FedEx Air Player of the Week, threw for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Dak really bounced back. I'm proud of him. Now, I don't know if this is a compliment or if this is an insult, but I think this may have been the biggest win of Dak Prescott's career. Like Just the way that he did bounce back, hung in there. Uh, The running game was okay we ran the ball for a, barely 100 yards but but not for a lot per carry but he was slinging the rock uh cd lamb my goodness cd lamb is i think he's finally the guy who i wanted him to be he's got now over 90 catches 1200 yards uh he had a 100 yards in the first half alone in this game had two touchdowns so thank goodness for cd stepping up in that number one role and it, 
has anyone ever welcomed themselves to Dallas in a, in a bigger way? Uh, <laughs> T.Y. Hilton on Wild. a third, third and 30. Dak Prescott just winds up and chucks it, and T.Y. catches it for a 50-yard gain. His first pass is a Cowboy, a pivotal, because we were down by double digits in the second half. He catches that. We score a touchdown. That Such a, a classic game. Catch. Oh, so so fun, man. Um, Zeke gets in the end zone. He ties Emmett Smith, his eighth uh, straight game with a rushing touchdown. So a lot of bright spots for the Cowboys and the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, not only did we not beat them because their starting quarterback, of course, isn't healthy. Uh, Lane Johnson, perhaps the best right tackle in football, leaves this game with an abdominal injury. Uh, now, word on Lane Johnson is he's out for the regular season. He's going to put off surgery, which he will inevitably have to have, in hopes to get back for the postseason. So stay tuned on Lane Johnson, but that's a huge loss for them. Uh, Avante Maddox, their uh, slot corner, left this game with a toe injury. He's out indefinitely. Uh, so this is uh, just injuries piling up for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, not not the time that you want to start to get injured, and that's why they lost this game. They were the less healthy team, but I still think in a losing effort, you got to give Philly their respects. They're a good team, but I'm very happy the Cowboys pulled off the victory. Ludge, what do you think? Was this uh, should I be high on the Cowboys, or is this just the Eagles not being healthy enough to get the win? A little bit of both. Okay, honestly, um, I don't. I just don't think the Eagles should have hung in as much as they did. I mean, you guys came back. Um, Dak showed a lot of heart, man. He. I feel like some of these fans are coming down hard on him. The guy's been through so much the last two years. You know, he's had some ups and downs this year, especially with the injury getting hurt with the thumb. But um, the guy slings it, man. The guy can make throws, you know, and in and, and this, this day and age in the NFL, you, you just need a guy with a good arm that can be accurate. And, you know, Dak can be pretty damn accurate, you know, a lot of the time when he wants to be. I think he loses a little bit of focus sometimes. To be honest, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I just feel like some drives, I, I feel like it's totally like his head. I, I, I don't know. But for most most of the time, man, I'm a Dak fan. I, I I like B. I wanted to mention that to you. I like how it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I feel like you, you always have your quarterbacks back. You know, I hear you <laughs> comment, Costa and Petey, some of our listeners, you know, not, not, <laughs> not big Dak fans, you know, and support your quarterback, guys. <laughs> You know, he had Jameis Winston down here in Tampa for years, and <laughs> I hated the interceptions, but I always had the guys back, man. I knew the guy can sling it, and, you know, it is what it is, but I, I do appreciate that. But, yeah, the comment on the game, Dallas, man, just came in, handled business. Philly's getting hurt, like you said, dude. You're getting hurt at the wrong time. And you got teams like San Francisco, uh, you know, get, give me another one. Minnesota, you know, you just never know. Like some of these teams could pull an upset and go to the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody still has Philly, you know, winning in the NFC, and we'll see. But, or, uh, but you know, it's early. John? Yeah, <clears throat> man. I mean, you got to be happy as a Cowboys fan to, to come away with this one, right? I mean, that was yeah. the goal. Come in and beat, beat the division leader um, and kind of put your stamp on why maybe you can make a run here at the end of the year uh, to take the division. Um, yes. I will say, be I think if Jalen Hurts is in this game, I think the Eagles probably pull that one out. Um, the Eagles made a lot of mistakes in this game, which I don't think that they typically do. And, I, and to your point, obviously, they're a little bit banged up. 
Um, but, you know, you've got a couple of different fumbles. You've got two interceptions thrown um, on the Eagle side of the ball. And the Cowboys capitalized on it, and it let them back into the game at times when it looked like even the, you know, Gardner Minshew-led Eagles were, were going to do okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay. I think it's I, – I, I do agree with you. I think Gardner Minshew has definitely made a, made a point um, with this game that he could absolutely be a starting quarterback again somewhere. Um, or at least he deserves to be a part of somebody's quarterback competition. But I think that, man, the Eagles playmakers, dude, I mean, they're just that good. Uh, and and they're, they're scheme, they scheme them up well. That one touchdown, Devonta Smith is standing wide open Ooh. in the back of the end zone. Yeah. I mean, nobody with, no defender within 20 yards. So there were definitely things that make me nervous for the Cowboys if it were to come down to playing them again in the playoffs with a healthy Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Lane Johnson is a hard MFer, so uh, I think he'll be just fine playing through. Um, they're going to probably rest him, um, to your point, but they're also going to rest Jalen, and I think that's a good idea for them. Uh, they need to they need to shore up uh, or lick their wounds here just a little bit heading into the playoffs because they've already pretty much guaranteed a spot. They just haven't guaranteed a bye, right? So right. I think both teams got to be happy. I think it was – as an Eagles fan, you almost kind of have to expect without Jalen in the game that you're probably going to lose to a very good Dallas team. Um, I, kudos to both defenses. Uh, this was a pass-heavy game. They both shored up the run, which is typically the strength of both of these teams. Um, and and they kind of just went wild, and, and they were slinging the ball all over the place. So um, defensively, I think you got to be proud of your Cowboys because they, they made big stops. They were absolutely, like you said, one thing I noticed, they were getting pressure constantly on Minshew, which I think is a big reason for some of those turnovers. Um, so, yeah, um, I think it's looking bright, though, for your Cowboys. I mean, with the injuries that you talked about stacking up with the remainder of the schedule, the Cowboys might, you know, might have a chance here to steal uh, steal the, the head spot at the end of the year. You, you know who you they might know. end up playing, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Two and zero the last two years, buddy boy. That's yeah. my nightmare, Luz. I I, <laughs> I I I I dread it. I don't. Tom want Brady, that. dude. You just never know. It's scary. No matter how bad they've looked, like you just, it's Tom Brady. You know. I'm well. Uh, I'm well aware. Hey man, Cross that bridge, you almost beat him, bro. You'll be fine, B. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> back to this game. John, I like how you highlighted Devontae Smith, and let's highlight AJ Brown as well. Both Eagles wide receivers go for over a hundred yards in this game. You can maybe make an argument for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle down in Miami, but they they're certainly one Ooh. or two of, of the best wide receiver tandems in the league. Yeah. Both AJ and Devontae Smith go for over a thousand yards on the season. First time that's happened um, in the city city of brotherly love in quite some time. So impressive pass catchers for Philadelphia. And the Cowboys, like you said, John, we we lived and died by the turnover in this game. Shout out to my playmaking safety, J. Ron Curse. Had a fumble recovery as well as an interception. And Deron my goodness, Bland. Deron Bland, the, the Bland Bland corner out of my <laughs> wherever. Gosh. He, I don't even know where he went to school. Like, excuse me, Deron. Excuse me, Deron. We love you, brother. But he he didn't even play the first month of the year. But when we had Jordan Lewis um, and Anthony right. Brown healthy, the kid has five interceptions as a rookie. Like, and that was man, that was a takeaway. That was not an. That wasn't a. Oh, it hit yes, the defender in the hands interception. That was a takeaway. Yes. God, they, they, you could tell the defense, when he gets an interception, they light up. They love oh, the yeah. kid. 
Um, and and he he's provided a spark that we so desperately need with a wounded cornerback room. So uh, so we love you, Bland, and uh, keep up the good work. Uh, for the power power rankings, uh, guys, they're they're staying the same. Uh, Eagles. I would love to to put the Cowboys number one, but like you said, uh, with a healthy Eagles team, I still got them as number one. Cowboys two, Giants three, Commanders four. Jeff, John, do you guys uh, shake that up at all? I don't. I I do. Uh, I do think that it closed the gap a little bit again. Um, you know, it shrunk yeah. the gap between one and two again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys. Yeah. Cowboys are literally within striking distance of of you know yep. coming out of here with with the with the head. Yeah, Luds. I agree. Luds, you agree? Or you... I okay. agree. It might be the Bucks and the Eagles. I'd be a little nervous <laughs> with that. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, Luds. Hey, Luds. Why don't you worry about the Carolina Panthers? Okay. <laughs> or, or, uh, <laughs> I'm a little nervous too. Yeah, I you almost... you should you should be. They just destroyed the Detroit Lions. But let's yeah. let's go back to the let's go back to the East. Uh, the reason we're doing the podcast a little early this week is because the Cowboys are on Thursday night football, so we're going to talk more Dallas Cowboys, uh, and they are playing the wounded Tennessee Titans. Uh, the guys, the Titans have lost five games in a row. Uh, yeah. So Tennessee right now is seven and eight, and it looks like the Jaguars. Guess guys, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to steal that division yeah, and go so. to the playoffs. Uh, the Cowboys are double-digit favorites on the road in this one. Of course, Ryan Tannehill is out for the year, so the rookie out of Liberty, Malik Willis, is going to be under center. And it sounds like the king, Derrick Henry, right now is listed as doubtful. I think because they have a must-win game against Jacksonville next week, they're going to rest Derrick Henry, so they're going to rely on Dontrell Hilliard. The Titans, they're just beat up, man, on both sides of the football. So this is a great time to play them. Uh, I plead you, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy. Right now, Tony Pollard hasn't practiced all week, and Micah Parsons is banged up. We rest need to rest, to rest Tony Pollard, rest Micah Parsons. You need those guys when the playoffs come. I think we can beat them without. So my two captains, yeah, you, my two – You think they're yes. going to rest them, rest them for the game, or you mean just kind of maybe put them on a pitch count? I think Tony Pollard, you 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 don't play him because he hasn't practiced all week. He's he's yeah. he's banged up. My, Micah uh, was limited, so maybe you can keep Micah in there in pass rushing situations um, if okay. he wants to play. I know the kid's got heart. He's the lion. So if he wants to play, maybe maybe suit him up. But I think we can beat Tennessee without these guys, uh, only because Tennessee is is more beat up than, than we are. Uh, Dak Prescott and Zeke. You know, you guys got the big money. I think this is a Dak and Zeke game. Uh, rely on Zeke in that running game. Hopefully we can get an early lead in this one. And I think if we're up by 10 points in the second quarter, I just don't see Malik Willis being able to to mount a comeback. He is so turnover prone. So maybe Bland, uh, Trayvon Diggs hasn't got a pick in a while. J. Ron Curse or or some of my uh, my strip sacks from, from Tank Lawrence uh, or Dorrance Armstrong, if Micah sits, can happen here. I just don't see any way possible that this this wounded and honestly below average Tennessee Titans football team at, at this game uh, can can get, get get an upset victory. Excuse me. Although I do love Mike Vrabel, I know he's going to have his team ready to play. It's prime time. Um, but let's face it, this is an Amazon game. It's probably going to be ugly. Uh, right now, the we'll see, we, we as this game. Uh, started it's floating around between 10 11 points it depends on it depends on when uh if derrick henry plays or not we're gonna go with dallas minus 10 
I got the Cowboys to cover that, but I'm going to say just barely. I'm going to say this is an ugly game, and uh, the Cowboys win 23-12. to 12. Uh, Yeah. John, how about you? Yeah, man. Shout out to a longtime friend of the show, CT. Um, tough break here, man. Tough break for the yeah. Tennessee Titans to just kind of fall. I mean, this happens in the NFL, though, man. Um, I mean, they were sitting pretty. They looked primed to win the division. You lose Ryan Tannehill, kind of your serviceable game manager quarterback. And now, you know, Derrick Henry maybe maybe not playing for this game and for who knows how many more games. Um, and I think that might be all she wrote for them. So, yeah, to your point, I mean, you look at the names behind Derrick Henry. You know, a couple of years ago it was Deonta Foreman, and he comes in and, instead and, and looks pretty decent and, and carries the rock. Not Henry-esque, but, you know, well enough. Yeah. You've got guys like Hassan Haskins and Julius Chestnut. I've never heard of either of them coming in in, in behind Henry now. And Malik Willis, for you know all of the excitement that there was in the draft for him, he's obviously a kind of a, a project quarterback. Um, yes, he's had some moments, and he, he's kind of fun to watch. So, to your point, I think the game might be a little bit closer than people think because maybe he pulls out a little bit of magic or makes something happen with his feet here and there. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't, this should be a good tune up game for your Cowboys. I agree. If you can get some of the guys rest and kind of at least do a good job cycling in, um, your backups here and there, um, throughout the game, just to keep everybody fresh. Um, this should be a tune up game for your Cowboys. So, uh, I've got 24 to 13 Cowboys. So right around the same score as you be nice. Jay Luds, um, before we get into the second half of the games, you had a, another winning week last week. You got the record up to 27 and 22. So you're yeah. finishing the year very strong. Very strong, strong dude. Yeah. Uh, w- when we sent the lines to you before the show, it was Cowboys minus 10. Where are you going with this one? Yeehaw! <laughs> the boys <laughs> are riding the horses into Tennessee, boys. And they're going <laughs> to handle business. 33-21. I think Tennessee gets a little bit of garbage time points in the second half. I think this is a Dallas-dominated game. Um, yeah, Dallas minus 10, Dallas minus 12. I don't think it matters. Um, Tennessee can't put up points. Uh, Malik, like you guys said, is a project. I think Dallas's defense shows up. Uh, I think they can rest uh, Parsons and, you know, rest a few guys. Anybody that's yeah. nicked up. I mean, not you still want some major pieces out there, but I still think they go in there and handle business, even if they don't cover. They're, they're going to easily win by a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I got Dallas minus 10, 33-21. I do have to go run and grab my daughter a bottle, so I'll try to be back for the next pick. <laughs> if I don't, I'll just no read it off when I get back. All right. For sure. Family no show. worries. This is a family yeah. show. So this <laughs> Sorry, a fa- guys. It's a family program. <laughs> She's in there just <laughs> screaming. Yeah. I hear. We love you. We love you, Harper. Um, and uh, every once in a while, we drop an f bomb, guys, and we do apologize to our viewers for that. But uh, but you know, Jay Ludd, as he said, you know, this, this, he's a family man. <laughs> Let's move on to the uh, next game on the docket, and that's going to be the New Orleans Saints coming to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Uh, as of right now, it doesn't look like Jalen Hurts is going to play. Uh, I think they're leaning on holding him out. Something you said earlier, John, I agree with. You probably should hold Jalen out. If they can win this game, I think that they would wrap up the division. But what, what scares me about holding Jalen out is if if they wrap up the division with a win this week and then they 
They hold them out next week, and then they get the first round by. Then all of a sudden, we're looking at over a month of him not playing football, coming off of an injury to his throwing shoulder to a kid who has never won a playoff game. So, like, I, I think you do rest him because because you want to have him healthy for that second-round playoff game. But, boy, uh, uh, but does that spell perhaps disaster um, for a team coming to Philadelphia in the divisional round. But I think that they'll happily worry about those problems when they get there. But as for this week, uh, I think if the Eagles play the type of ball game, if Gardner Minshew's in their quarterback, that they played against Dallas on Christmas Eve, they should easily beat the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a tough team. Um, they, you know, a 6-9 and nine record. They're, they're definitely not great. But they got some dogs on defense with Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. Dennis Allen knows how to coach defense. So I can see them scheming some things up to perhaps slow down Gardner Minshew a little bit. But I think they get back to the running game. Uh, Miles Sanders did not have a very good game against the Cowboys. I think you get Miles Sanders involved, maybe Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott a little bit. You got the two-headed monster. We talked about it, wide receiver. And the Saints just don't really score points. The Red uh, Rocket, or as Colin Coward calls him, the Beige Water Pistol, (laughs) Andy Dalton, does not scare the Eagles. They're going to be pumped up coming off of a loss. They want to get this win. They want to wrap up the division. I think the Eagles get uh, a tough victory here. I think the Saints are going to play them tough. But I'll go swallow the six here. I'm going to go with the Eagles, 28, Saints, 20. How about you, John? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I looked just briefly here, looked back at some of the Saints scores this year. And man, they uh-huh. played some very strange games. I mean, <clears throat> they hold the 49ers to 13 points, 13 to nothing. They lose. I mean, that's a decent feat there. Yeah. Um, they barely beat the, the Browns last week, 17-10. They get stomped by the Cardinals, who don't look good at all, yeah. 42 to 34. Um but then they hold it close against the Bucks at least one game. I mean, yeah, they're kind of all over the place. So it's hard to see, like, really what to expect from the Saints. So I do think, to your point, they can give uh, Philadelphia a little bit of problems here uh, with the Gardner-Minshew left offense, um, led offense, I should say. Uh, so I do think the Eagles pull this one out, not to bury the lead, 31-20. to 20. Um, But to your point, uh, yeah, the Eagles, if they do continue to win and they do end up with that bye, that could put them in a very weird position um, with Jalen being that far rested. Um, and I thought about that as soon as they kind of talked about the idea of maybe just putting Jalen on ice for the rest of the season because they're pretty much we're already guaranteed to be playoff bound. Um, so who knows? Maybe dropping a game here or there and, and not getting the bye week helps them. Um, right. I, I don't know. I, I think – you kind of sometimes outthink the room with that. I think that if you can win the bye week, you win the bye week, um, and you take the, all the rest you can get. But we'll see. It's going to play out really interesting over these next couple of weeks with the with the Jalen Hurts injury uh, and kind of how it could shake things up at the uh, at the top of our division. For sure, Jay Ludge, where are you going with this one? Saints versus Eagles minus sick. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles, boys. Minshew looks good. Um, yeah. Eagles minus six, man. Um, I got them 28, 17 this game. Um, honestly, Philly's just been consistent guys. They can beat you multiple ways. John's been commenting on it. They can take it easy on you and smoke you. You know, it seems like, honestly, yeah, that's what it feels like every yeah. week. Um, you know, Dallas played them tough last week, you know, with Minshew play good though. Like he said, it's not like Minshew play bad. And, and I think they, I think the way he's been stepping in, 
um, carrying this offense, you know, into the playoffs, letting uh, Jalen get some rest. Um, yeah, I think they handle business uh, against the Saints. Saints are struggling, uh, but Saints are one of those teams too that could just show up one week. I, I don't know why they have those yeah. just out of nowhere wins. They are technically still in the running in in the uh, NFC South. Uh, they'd have yeah. to win out and hope for some miracles, but they still have something to play for. So it might be a little closer than I have it, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going Philly twenty eight seventeen. They're covering the spread this game, guys. Okay. Good point, Ludge, that the Saints do have something to play for. Um, right. And we talked about how the Eagles are so banged up. One bright spot I saw, uh, they might get back C.J. Gardner-Johnson in this game. If not, he'll be mm-hmm. back before the end of the year. Playmaking safety for them, um, that will be a huge spark for their secondary. Good point there. Uh, yeah. and let's, thank you. Uh, let's uh, now go to New York, where the G-Men are going to be hosting the Colts, the lowly Colts. I don't know. They started big dick Nick Foles at quarterback last week. He's <laughs> very familiar with the division. But, guys, it, it, whether it's Nick Foles, Matt Ryan, uh, Sam Ellinger, uh, maybe they can bring Andrew Luck out of retirement. It's, it's just it's not happening for the Colts this year. Uh, they don't really do anything well now that Jonathan Taylor's out for uh, the year with uh, with the ankle injury. Uh, I'll make this short and sweet. I think the Giants, if they win this game, they are in the playoffs. They control their own destiny. I think that Brian Dable, that's all he has to say pregame. Go out, beat this team who you should beat because you're better at all three sides, uh, three phases of football. I think they get the job done. Saquon Barkley continues to look good. Daniel Jones, limit your turnovers. You shouldn't have any problems here. The Giants are six-point favorites. I'll swallow all six. I got the Giants 27-13 to 13 in this one. Bloods. Um, I'm actually going Indianapolis plus six this game, guys. Uh, oh. but I have but I have the Giants winning. I have the Giants winning this okay. game. Uh, I got it twenty four twenty one. Um, believe it or not, um, you know I I've watched some indie games this year because you know I've had some uh, I had Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team. You know, so when when I did tune in, you know that's a team on defense that I've noticed that doesn't give up. They yeah, play yes. hard, man. They play hard for Jeff Saturday. And, you know, they've played some close games. Giants on offense, guys, you know, outside Saquon, if if they're not running the ball well, they just don't impress me. That Their receiving uh-huh. core is inconsistent. Um, I, I do got them winning, but I think Indy covers the spread, man. I got the Colts plus six, and it is in Indy too, right? Correct? No, no. No, it's in New York. Oh, it's in New York. It's okay. New York. Okay. That's okay. eh, a little bit of an advantage. But, yeah, I, I still like the Colts. Plus six this game. Uh, Giants twenty four twenty one. Nice. Yeah, I'm okay. siding with Bloods on this one too. I I think the Giants do pull it out. I've got the Giants twenty to seventeen, so fairly close. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but that's the that's the Giants recipe, right? I mean, they don't they don't win blowout games. I mean, mm-hmm. they take almost every team. And I mm-hmm. think to Ludz's point, uh, although the Colts don't have anything to play for outside of pride, and maybe they've kind of, you know. For Jeff Saturday, the the defense still has played decently well. There's been a couple of yeah. games here and there where they've gotten their ears boxed playing your Cowboys, Brian. But yeah. you know they've held teams like the Eagles to 17 points here and there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the Giants are just almost always in close games. So <clears throat> I do think that they come out with a win here. But to Ludge's point, you know they've got to do what they what they uh, kind of their team identity is and get Saquon the ball. Yeah. And, and yeah, honestly, good, good points, who, guys. Great point. I mean, honestly, who have the Giants blown out? Who have they absolutely no, blown out? Nobody. 
Nobody. No. So maybe I'm getting a little too high on the G men. We'll see. Uh, but good, good call on uh, both of you about the Colts defense playing tough. They have a fantastic linebacker by the name of Bobby Okereke. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really familiar with him going into this year, but with Shaq Leonard going down, uh, every time I do see a Colts game, uh, Bobby Okereke's name is always flashing across the screen. Mm-hmm. And Luds, as you said, the, the Giants, they struggle to have playmakers. We always talk about Darius Slayton is their default number one receiver. Not really a number two on most teams. Of. Yeah. yeah, the ghost of Darius Slayton. <laughs> um, I, I will shout out, now that I'm living down here in southwest Florida, um, Richie James Jr. He's the he pride of Riverview Riverview High School, which Dang, is okay. um, right, out, right, right outside of Sarasota. Uh, so what? One of my buddies, uh, shout out to Pete, uh, he was on the track and field team with Richie James. And he used to always talk about how literally every event Richie James ran for them. And he would just, he would, they, they would win track meets based on him alone. So it's a stud. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's finish up the week 17 preview with the Cleveland Browns traveling to the nation's capital to face the Washington Commanders. Uh, the, the Browns guys uh, have been eliminated from the playoffs, and I, I'm very disappointed at how inept their offenses looks since Deshaun Watson has come back. I, I know he hasn't played football in over a year, so I didn't expect him to, to hit the ground running, but he's had a couple weeks now. He's got uh, a, a number one receiver in Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones makes plays. David Njoku, very athletic tight end. You've got a two-headed monster with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but the Browns just can't seem to put it together. And and that's why Washington is favored by a couple points in this game. So, so I, I really think that, that Washington, John, you can go over the scenarios in a minute. They need some help, but what they need to do is win this football game, and that will go a long way of getting them in the playoffs. And I want to say that you guys have a new mascot it's some kind of pig or some kind of hog Uh, so so maybe the 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 fans there in dc will be fired up to see to see that that little bacon boy run out of the tunnel and everybody can start cheering but uh commander carson carson Wentz back under center in this game uh i don't know if i agree with it or not but i saw the stats i want to give them to you guys uh on the season Carson Wentz, 62.9% completion percentage. percentage. Taylor Heineke, 62.2. Carson Wentz, 1,600 yards. Taylor Heineke, 1,800 yards. Carson Wentz, 11 touchdowns, 6 picks. Taylor Heineke, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks. So they're different quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, it kind of seems like the result is the same. So I understand what Coach Rivera and Scotty Turner are thinking. Maybe this could just provide a shot in the arm in the offense. Carson Wentz certainly has a bigger arm. Maybe you get some big plays down the field with Dotson and McLaurin. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I think that he is going to be motivated. I'll say that. Uh, if, if Carson Wentz can come in, win these last two games, and get them into the playoffs, that's certainly going to go a long way for his future, whether it's in Washington or not. But I think Carson does enough to get the job done here because the Browns are just a mess. And I, th- I think Washington wins a tight one here. I'll go Commanders twenty-four to twenty. John, how about you? Yeah, I like that score. Um, man, it, this is definitely, in my opinion, the biggest storyline of the week for the whole division. Um, because to yeah. your point, this changes a lot about the future. If Carson comes back in here now and leads us to a playoff run after Heineke hasn't had a win in a calendar month. And coming off yeah. of a bye. Now, 
I love Taylor Heineke. I think that the nation's capital uh, and the fans of, of the Washington football team have rallied around him like almost as much as they rallied around, you know, RG3 in his first couple of, of years. Um, but a lot of that goes to show how desperate and how starved we've been for a quarterback for so damn long. Because Heineke, I mean, as much as you love him, he ain't it. I mean, he's yeah. he is easily the 32nd best quarterback <laughs> in the league. I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, it's he's fun to watch. He's got that it factor. When what games. makes you nervous? Yeah. Well, I mean, but but he does. I mean, he does sometimes, but then he doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. we had to beat the Giants at least one of those two games, and we couldn't do it. I mean that, and and don't get me wrong, the team, like I said earlier in the in the recap, we've got we've got voids to fill in other parts of the the roster, but certainly we have enough talent to where you gotta you gotta be able to utilize it. You gotta be able to win games. He's atrocious in the red zone, um, <laughs> and I know. Carson has had his own struggles in the red zone. What I'm hoping is to Brian's point, you look at the stats, it kind of comes out in the wash between the two of them. They're two different quarterbacks. And I'm hoping that the run game and the return of Brian Robinson that, that uh, Carson didn't get earlier in the season, I'm hoping that that uh, establishes a little bit more timing and rhythm in the offense. So Carson can be a little more comfortable in the pocket because he can't move like Heineke does, or he just doesn't move like Heineke does. I don't, his pocket awareness can be frustrating, but I do think you want to put in the guy with the better intangibles and he's got the bigger arm. I mean, if we, this is a huge prayer, but if you get some sort of performance from Carson, like he, like five years ago, I mean, he could absolutely will us into the playoffs and who knows, maybe even win a playoff game. Yeah. If he does that, that's going to put Washington in a very tough position because now you're going to be looking at, like you said, re-signing Carson or letting him walk. And, you know, depending on what his performance looks like here at the end of the year, that's going to change a lot. Um, We need a win here. So somebody's got to go out and make plays for us, whether that's going to be the run game uh, and Antonio Gibson and B-Rob just kind of, you know, not giving up uh, on the ground or Carson maybe making some big plays Um, or, he could completely crush our season and throw three picks and get sacked <laughs> 10 times. You know, Miles Garrett is a, is a beast. So, yeah. Cleveland does look woeful to your point. I was very nervous when I saw the schedule release that we were going to have to end up playing the Browns led by Deshaun. Uh I feel much more calm about that now. Um but, you know, leave the, leave it up to the Commanders. They can make anything happen. I will pick us to win 24-17. Um but yeah, to your point early on uh, the way that the magic could still happen for us, uh, we can win out, and I think that would guarantee okay. us a position uh, yes. in the playoffs. If we win tomorrow, I'm sorry, if we win Sunday, uh, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Packers all lose, then we are automatically in. So we don't even have to beat okay. the Cowboys at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, win, win and get in, right? We kind of control our own destiny. You just go out there and win win games that's all that's all you want at this point in the season um and if the playoffs ended uh if started today uh Carson Wentz would lead the commanders to Minnesota to play Kirk Cousins in the Vikings and I, th- I don't think anybody great. uh despite the Vikings uh immense number of wins they're gonna have at the end of the year believes 
all that much that Kirk Cousins could not choke it away against his former team. I know we would all love to to <laughs> see that. Uh, Luds, take us home here. We've got Washington favored minus two. Yeah, guys. Uh, you know, I think being able to keep your guys' running game going is key for Carson. Uh, as you said, it's going to be interesting to see Brian Robinson back in the mix now with Carson behind center. It's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. I think I think the key for Carson, it's nice to see they have a, a little cupcake cupcake game in a way for him. His first game back, you know, be, Cleveland. Right? Smart, yeah. you know, get get him get him into a nice game and a good rhythm. I think the key for Carson from what I've noticed, um he just needs to get the ball out, man. He, he tends to hold the ball percent. too long. It's like I'm watching the guy and I'm like, man, get get the ball out. Even if you have to throw a little screen. Even if you yes. have to throw a little screen to your running back just to get it out of your hands, just make something happen, man. He holds the ball too long, takes too many sacks, ends up fumbling the ball. The ball gets tipped as he's rocking back to throw. Something always happens with him, you know? Yep. So for me, and the key for him, get rid of the ball. Get your running game going. I always say it for Washington. They're at their best on offense when they can consistently run the ball and stick to the run. If you're running the ball well, stick with the run. <laughs> Stop going away yeah. from the run. Even if you're down 10 points, don't get away from the run that fast, you know, especially with Carson in his first game back. So I do have Washington covering the spread. Uh, I like them. We all have them scoring 24 points this week, guys. So it's got to be the magic number. I have them 24-21 in this game. And, yeah, I think Washington covers the spread. And and I think Carson actually has a good game, man. I really do. I I think he's, he's itching to probably get back out there. Uh, he had that great rapport with with the with the Don and and McLaren's going to be a really scary. Terry's going to be real excited to get him back. He's got a little more of a vertical threat. So, yes, you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, all and, right, uh, uh, Luds. Yeah, you got an upset parlay. I, I do, guys. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show. I think we all kind of mentioned it. Actually, I, I do like Minnesota this week at home. Uh, Green Bay coming coming to play a big divisional game. Uh, Kirk's actually played very well against Green Bay. Um, kind of surprised. Maybe it's because Green Bay won last week, like a surprise win. Maybe that's why Green Bay's favored on the road. But Vegas usually no, knows this something. Is in, this is in know. Lambeau. Are you Look, sure this game is in Lambeau? I thought it was in Lambeau Minnesota. Field. <sighs> My apologies. Okay. Well, still that's I, why they're that's why they're favored. Okay, they still shouldn't be favored. Yeah, I, I still got Minnesota guys plus three and a half. Um, and then, guys, you know what? I like Buffalo. I still think they're the best team in the AFC, but it's close. I'm taking Cincy this week. <clears throat> Cincy plus one. Nice. I just have Home a feeling dogs. about this game. I think Joe Burrow, the way he's been playing, that offense has been rolling. Um, Buffalo's been struggling a little on defense. I've seen them have some collapses here and there. I think it's a shootout game. Um, but, yeah, I got Cincy plus one, guys. I think they pulled upset this week against Buffalo. Dude, that's a great game. Buffalo 12-3, and Bengals 11-4. and That's going to go a long way in the seeding yeah. of the top of the AFC along with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's clearly the cream of the crop. Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen in prime time. Poor uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman haven't gotten a lot of good games on Monday night, so I'm happy yeah. that, that our guys uh, get a classic. So I hope you guys enjoy Monday night football. Yeah. Um, appreciate you, John. Appreciate you, Luds. Um, everybody tune in uh, to Thursday night football. If you guys get to listen to this in time, watch the Cowboys-Titans, and you guys enjoy the Giants, Eagles, and Commanders on Sunday. And we will be back next week with the regular season finale 
Oh, of yeah. the NFC East. Boo! Boo!